The Help Me Helen show is recorded live in Charlottesville, Virginia, a world-class city. Help Me Helen was formed uh, January of last year, and uh, I will, I'm not ashamed to admit that I found Drew via Craigslist. <laughs> uh, I was writing new music and thought, wow, it would be nice to have someone play along with me, and he was looking for someone to play with. So it kind of all worked out. Um, and the, the short story is is that I, I started to, to, to go to his house and rehearse. And w- one thing that people a lot of people don't know is we actually we communicated for a bit, but I had laryngitis for about six weeks uh, in between January and February, so I wasn't doing a lot of singing or talking at all. Um, and then finally when I got my boys back... Uh, you know, I went to your house, and, and it's a little, you know, like meeting new ba- band members, it's a little like dating, you know? Like there's a moment where you're you're like, I don't know, do I bring a beard? Are they going to bring a beer? Do they drink? Like how do you suss out things? Are they smoker? Are they non-smoker? Like, like what, how much internet stalking can one of us do to find out about each other? Um, <laughs> maybe that's just me. And then you arrive at this place where then... Like, afterwards, you're like, well, I had a really good time. I don't know. Did he really have a really good time? You know, it's been a long time since I've actually been on any kind of date. Um, so, But there's, like, a musical thing that happens. And it was just so fortunate that both of us really hit it off. And we started making good music together. Um, and originally, I was playing electric guitar. And Drew was playing electric guitar. And then he not so gently, but kind of gently <laughs> encouraged me to maybe play my acoustic more often. And a few, you know, practices in, he started playing his bass more often. So, hey, I don't know. You're like, you mind if I play bass? Mm, yeah, I think yeah. I, it was just, I, I, it was one tune in particular that I heard myself playing. I heard a bass part, I should say. Um, and I have I've played the bass through, you know, for a, for a long time. But it's just um, you know, it's one of those things that I I considered that I could do if needed. Like I played mm-hmm. in some, I accompanied like some musical theater in Chicago and played bass for that when they needed an electric bassist. Um, uh, but you know, I really enjoyed playing, but I hadn't really done it seriously in a while. And so I, uh, yeah, I just, I heard a bass part and then it just felt good to have a bass in my hands again. And I don't know, uh, consider myself more, you know, I still do like an accompanist. Like I like to be the side man. Um, and I thought, you know, like Deborah was just the the tunes. I think, and especially, you know, when I when she started playing more acoustic again, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just thought that there was like there was so much happening with what the you know how she was playing the guitar that um, additional guitar may not be needed at least in t- unless unless there we in the event we found an, another person that played bass. Um, but since then, I've just stuck with bass um but i really enjoy playing bass with the tunes uh you know trying to you know um play something that's has a little bit of a melodic quality to it um that matches her vocal phrasing and you know it's been a, it's been a challenge just because you know still being primarily a guitar player playing bass you know it's that, that that trying to dance over the line of bass player to bassist i guess um but it's been it's been educational. So, yeah, so there's a lot of um, subtle but not so subtle ways I've I've pushed, at least in terms of instrumentation, <laughs> toward kind of suiting, I guess, what I considered my own needs. Uh, but that's just, I guess, how I, I, I roll. 
Um, <laughs> That's like, how I roll. Yeah, I just I just make suggestions and then just kind of expect the suggestions to be listened to. I don't know. I don't know if that's a really healthy way to live one's life, <laughs> but that's that's just, it, it seemed to work out in this situation. I think um, it certainly worked out. Even when your suggestion was, "Hey, I know I know a guy named Zach who plays the drums," mm. uh, which is sort of how the band became more than just a duo. For yeah. for a while, it was just. Uh, Drew and I, and and I think we had all in, in you know intention of it just being the two of us, That's and we played a we played our first show in May of last year at the Star Hill Brewery, um, mm. the Tap Room in Crozet, and that's where I met Zach uh, Bullock and Kelly Crozet, and who are engaged. That's We're right. together. Yeah. Um, they're like a twofer deal. And I think we knew, you know, Drew, I think, had had a, a musical um, relationship with Zach. You played yeah. a show together, maybe. Yeah, we played uh, We played at the, yeah, a lot of breweries were involved in, I guess, in, in, or in my early Charlottesville in existence. But, the uh, yeah, so I played a, a gig with Zach uh, down in Scottsville, the James River Brewery there. Um, and that was really fun, but he was actually kind of my you know first sort of musical connection you know because I was spending a lot of time trying to find students to teach because it's sort of my day job um and that was kind of my first concern when I moved here but um, I was a little bit of a hermit otherwise um but I met Zach through some some family uh that also live in Charlottesville and really hit it off and yeah so he I I kind of knew him as a guitar player singer songwriter bass player you know part-time bass player um and but as it turns out, he's actually a fin- in addition to being really talented at uh, both of those things, he's a really you know I guess his first passion and skill is being a drummer. And Who knew? Yeah, he's really great. You know, so um, yeah, so he's yeah, multi instrumentalist <laughs> Zach Bullock. Yeah, that's yeah. we're fortunate to have him. Fortunate. And I think I re- I think I met Kelly. At when you played a, a show with David Tewksbury at also Star Hill Brewery, we we should go back there. Yeah, that's right. There's a lot of Help Me Helen history there. <laughs> There's a there. lot of Help Me Helen history there. And and Kelly and I got on a, a an off uh, an offshoot conversation about how we were going to make a an Indigo Girls cover band, um, <laughs> which is still totally going to happen one day. Um, and yeah, and so we 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 had a, a, a brief conversation and. I don't know how the heck it all happened. I think Zach, I invited Zach to come over and play drums at my house, and Kelly came with, and it all just uh, flowed. And then yeah. I spent some good time with Kelly at their place, kind of working on vocals, and before we knew it, um, we were a quartet. Mm. And so now we've got all four four folks in place. Originally, we were going to do a an EP, just a duo EP, um, but then we were just adding, adding people and, and making things <laughs> more complicated. So... Yeah. Um, yeah, we were fortunate enough to to play some shows uh, throughout the summer and early fall, and then we um, got everything together to go into the studio this past winter. And um, do we still do records still drop? We dropped the record. We we cut the record. I don't know. We cut the we yeah, cut the record, or, and then it dropped. Yeah, there's something. There's cutting yeah. and dropping that yeah. happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I think it came in terms of converting. F- or do I, you know, I, I still really enjoy getting together with Deborah to just work on arrangements and that sort of mm-hmm. thing, and, you know, sort of do the ground floor stuff. But, um, and not to say that um, Zach and Kelly don't very dramatically shape the tunes once it's uh, we're at, in Deborah's basement as a full group. Um, 
but you know I still enjoy the duo thing because it really gives me a chance to find a, a baseline that you know um, kind of moves along underneath the change as well um, yeah when we were talking uh, a little bit the other day um, with a, a few other folks in town about not necessarily the lack of venues in Charlottesville where you can kind of have that full band setting without because yeah. we're not a heavy cover band no. sort of band you know no. so we're not it, there's not a a, a, a a place where we're going to go play for three hours and, mm. you know, <clears throat> I don't know, 90% of each tune is going to be bass solo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, it's like, so it's really interesting, um, which is one of the re- main reasons we, we had such a good time at the Ante Room, which was for the CD release show, because it was just really, it was a good, I felt like it was a good space for mm. uh, w- the kind of music we make yeah. and, and the, the kind of set that we like to have, mm-hmm. the sort of like 45 minutes, yeah. you know, start to finish, bam, 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 yeah. and then let's go have a drink and, and hang out. Yeah, well, and, and, and it was what's nice is that um, having the full band with really, you know, talented and good listeners like Zach and Kelly, uh, yeah, yeah, we can go and kind of play what... We don't it, it, like we are, the music can fill a stage, you know, mm-hmm. like as a as a as you know as like the, the headliner of a record release gig, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, so that's you know nice, just sort of from a logistical point of view. Mm-hmm. But it's also really just um, you know as I'm like I was saying, like trying to walk that you know trying to cross over the line from guitar guitarist who's kind of a part-time bass player to being, you know, at least being able to speak in bass <laughs> a little more fluently and naturally and not just, you know, know how to ask where the bathroom is, kind of, you know. <laughs> it's uh, it, It's been really great playing with, 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 with Zach and also Kelly because, you know, Kelly providing the harmonies, you know. Now that's another vocal line that I don't want my notes or, you know, a chromatic walk-up or something to get in the way of. And also with... With Zach, you know, it, was, it kind of I was able to lay back a little bit on some of the bass lines, or, or or if I was unsure as to whether a bass line was really the right choice in terms of a groove. Once, um, you know, if I now have a drummer that I'm trying to lock in with, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, you know, uh, well, and it's also, you know, I think that the lineup really, um, really um, kind of supports a multi you know, pronged approach to, sh- to sh- playing shows, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, Kelly and I, like, this, you know, if a show opportunity comes up, um, Kelly and I are able to play it as a duo, me, you know, yeah. me playing and, and her singing, or if it's something where it's just kind of chill, right. me and you can play it, or, yeah. you know, so I think, or it can even be a trio, like we yeah. did at Blue Moon Diner, That's me, right. you, and Kelly. So it's yeah. really... Yeah. It's a really interesting way of mm-hmm. of opening up availability and still getting the songs out. And I think it really, the songs sound different depending on who's playing and how yeah, they're playing. So absolutely. it kind of keeps it fresh. Yeah. yeah, it keeps it fresh. And so it's not like, um, you know, someone's coming to one of our shows and they're just going to expect to hear and see, you know, what they hear and see every single yeah. time. Yeah. Um, it's It might not always be the case. And, yeah. you know, and I just get to be totally... Um, lucky and fortunate to be working uh, with you guys who are not only uh, crazy talented but like like super nice like like the super nicest people that you could ever be in a band with so um, yeah uh, totally lucky not that anyone asked the bass player but um, you know I'd never really thought of the, the, the whole like making it fresh for ourselves and I guess more the audience kind of thing that if they see us in these different combinations so I guess you know word to the young up and coming you know 
new bands, you know, even if you're in a college band, like be able to play in different configurations, you know, because it's it's good for you as a musician and it makes it easier to book more stuff. been in a hot air balloon <laughs> honestly like I've never been I don't really want to go in one I don't like heights that much I think I hear that they're romantic and lovely I would like to look at them from the ground and look at beautiful pictures of them <laughs> I would not like to go into a hot air balloon myself um so yeah and the, and the lyrics are pretty you know uh, they're they're pretty special and they're but they're also you know pretty simplistic as far as you know uh uh, lyrics go. There's nothing too terribly uh, undecipherable or, oh, I wonder what that means. Um, I don't do a lot of that anyway. But yeah, so it was the first song that I wrote that was really just a result of that. And I remember singing it to Ruby uh, at bedtime and she, um, I would go, you know, weeks without singing that song. And she would go, oh, what about the balloon song? I'd be like, okay. So I'd sing the balloon song. Um, musically, it's kind of fun because it uses this really fun capo that Wes uh, West Circa Honeychuck, Circa uh, recording producer of Side A. Uh, it's a, so it's like a drop E capo. So mm. you put it on your second fret and it gives you kind of a drop D tuning, but then you still maintain the integrity of being able to play like a proper G chord without, you know, doing mm. something with some funny fingering. So, um, so yeah, so that's kind of the long and, and short of it. It was a, uh, it's a really, it's a short song. It's not, you know, my songs tend to be five minutes or so. You know, they're right. they're not they're not short, you know, short and yeah. sweet songs. So it's a, you know, I don't remember how long it is, but it's not it's not too terribly long. It's kind of short and sweet to the point, um, and it's got some interesting kind of rhythmic things going on. Sure. And yeah, I mean, it's particularly special to me just because it was the very first demo that Deborah sent to me. Oh, that's right. Yeah, when we connected and, you know, via the internet and hadn't actually, you know, met and jammed or whatever in person, uh, she sent me a demo of of that, of this tune. And, um, you know, I just, um, I, again, I just sort of really liked, you know, the, the space that was sort of left in there. And there, there's a lot to explore, but... Um, one of the reasons we, one of the reasons we released it, and so it was around the time that we 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 became Help Me Helen when right. we released it, and right. and um, because it was around this time last year, I think the release date was the eleventh of March, and that was because my my mom's sort of uh, anniversary of her death is the fifteenth. Beware the Ides of March, right. which is why. Um, there was some urgency in in getting it out there, and I'd worked right. with with uh, with Wes before you and I connected, um, and I was sending him files, and we were kind of recording it remotely. And I remember um, wanting to get you on the recording, but we weren't totally there yet, and I and I was yeah. working on that deadline. And so yeah. the bass that is on the recording is actually Wes doing the bass. It's on the recording. Um, that's it. Help me, Helen. The Bandcamp site. All streets, or I think there's a lyric video on YouTube. It's it's got a couple different places. Um, uh, so yeah, that's him. That's him. And I did all the other guitars, which is kind of fun because it was a, it was a lot of 
kind of electric stuff in the background and some acoustic stuff. And uh, it was really, it set the foundation for how, I think, it, it kind of set the foundation for how we recorded Side A. It was sort of like, can yeah. we do this? Can we put out a professional sounding product in this sort of method that's not all of us going to a, a big studio locally for, you know, weekends and weekends on end and, and really getting this done because we're all hardworking people <laughs> working during the day. <laughs> You're a little hardworking. Um, and, you know, and I, you know, there's, there's that moment where, you know, I'm like, I, I really enjoy the ability rather, I, you know, that's not to say that hardworking people don't, don't do their, don't do recordings in studios, but, um, there's something really liberating about, you know, okay, Saturday, my kid's going off to gymnastics for an hour. I'm going to go down and plow through some acoustic guitar parts, right. you know, right. because there's something that I, I really value about, um, about uh, spending time with my family in a way that you, you, you know, if you're working all day, 9 to 5.30, and your your kid's in school until around that time, too, and she goes to bed at, like, 7.30, you know what I mean? So it's, like, two hours maybe an hour in the morning, like that's the amount of time I get to spend with her every day. And so weekends are really precious, you know, sort of, I don't, I don't want to be like, okay, well, every weekend I'm going to go out and be doing this thing for like the next, like, then I would like never see my people, you know, and that, that wasn't anything I, that was interesting to me. So recording Hot Air Balloon in the way that we did it, which was just sort of this hybrid remote recording approach, um, I think worked out really well. And yeah, and the, the, I remember sending it to you and, uh, you know, I could, I think I could have sent you a bunch of Honey Chuck tunes, a bunch of like old Honey yeah. Chuck tunes, but it was a, it was a really um, conscious decision to kind of like start new with someone, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's kind of like like going back to the dating narrative. Like it's kind of like dating someone and sending them a, a picture of what you look like seven years ago, right, you know, versus right. like what you look like today. And right, yeah. and um, it doesn't mean that you're not the same person. You don't have that history, uh, you know. But you don't you don't want the me of seven years ago that had like a ponytail. And I did had a ponytail. Everyone listening to this can be like, oh, my God, the ponytail. Let's not talk about it. I think it had its own Facebook page. And, uh, you know, <laughs> and, and was playing really aggressive rock music, you know. And so, um, yeah, I was really, I mean, to say that I was nervous putting it out there, I think, was an understatement. So I was really glad that you you didn't just, like, delete my email and, no. and oh, man. move forward, you know. Well, no, I just, I, I, I definitely heard... Um... Like I, like I was saying earlier, just um, sort of spaces to occupy without mm. crowding the plate, you know. Mm -hmm. And and I I think that you know, um, I was in the process of trying to make more friends <laughs> and to and to play more music with Charles Williams um, after my move to Chicago from Chicago rather, mm -hmm. and um, uh, you know. Uh, you hear things where it's just like, oh, they just want roots and fifths, mm -hmm. you know, or they just, you know, um, but, but I was like, you know, mm. maybe I can play some, some other things in there, play something a little more melodic. Mm -hmm. And, um, um, yeah. Although I guess to, to be fair, uh, uh, I did start out playing guitar <laughs> on this. To tune. be fair. 
to be fair. Uh, but also, I think the the roots and fifths thing still mm-hmm. also applies. But um, but anyway, but yeah, I started playing guitar with this tune, and um, but the bass part that I play now is <laughs> um, very connected, shall we say? To, it's pretty to groovy. The guitar part that I played before, and may or may not have been. Um, stolen from some James Horner themes. (laughs) But I feel like, you know, James Horner was a great film composer. Um, Like to borrow from his own Mm. motives. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I I can too. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So why not? Yeah. Why not? Right. Why not? Yeah. Why not? But yeah, it's, yeah, it's in the key of E major. As Deborah kind of already hinted at. I did. I yeah, hinted. She, Sorry. You already, you already, your, you already, yeah, you stole my thunder. Stole there. thunder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the music theory part of it. But, uh, uh, which means that there are four sharps. Uh, uh, but but uh, so yeah. So it's an it's an E major. Um, it's in. I guess you could call three. Mm-hmm. I would say three times. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe even feel like six, depending on whether we have drums or not. Um, which we typically don't, because mm-hmm. I don't think we've played it as Mm-mm. a full band live. No, we haven't. It's only been a duo thing, and in fact, at our record release, we played it as a duo, and I don't know, uh, that still feels kind of special to me. But Yeah, no, it really does. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. It's, uh, it's I mean, got that. I think eventually we should get drums in there. But, oh, yeah. Or, I don't know, if he feels like it. <laughs> if, Zach, if Zach feels like it and Kelly feels like singing, <laughs> I think we should totally, then we should totally, do totally include them. We should but, totally do it. Uh, yeah. But otherwise, it's it's kind of nice to play as a duo. I think so. the only it's you know like lyrically speaking, you, uh, there's there's one line in it which I yeah you know, I don't I don't like to personally reference my own songs. Like I don't sit around, um, you know, it's like actors and actresses who who uh, don't watch their movies. You know, I don't mm-hmm. listen to a lot of what I make. You know, and I don't know why. You know, I I mean maybe it's because the. Um, as anyone knows, like the mixing process is like you just need some space from right. listening to something over and over and over. Um, Absolutely. But there's a there is one line that always sort of still kind of comes back to me where there's a there's a line where I I sing, um, see your face in strangers' eyes, and the only reason that that comes to me is is I find that uh, strangers look like my mom. You know, because she she you know she was sixty nine when she died, and and she was very sort of your average kind of Irish white lady, you know. But you know, and not saying that like like all old people look the same, you know. But but there's a moment where like you know if I see a, a five foot like three ish olderish lady wearing a wearing kind of. A, elastic jeans and white sneakers and and some kind of a sweater you know and she's got kind of shortish blondish whitish hair like it it always startles me like there's 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 a moment there where Mm. like you know uh people have doppelgangers you know that i mean people have lots of people who look like them or have the same traits but it's way different when you when you really miss looking at that person and then you see someone who looks like that person. And now it's been, you know, we're going on like the fourth year since she's passed away. And so, um, yeah, there's a moment where you're just like, you know, like you're just like caught off guard. And 
So that's kind of what that reference is. Everything else is, you know, and that's kind of, that could have been totally stupid and self-explanatory. Although my daughter would tell you that stupid is a bad word, so maybe I'll use a different word. Um, <laughs> it's the, it's the S we, word. We don't say stupid, mama. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, I think that that's the only thing I've ever written which which still kind of, you know, resonates or kind of echoes with me whenever I experience, you know, that that sort of thing. Thanks for listening to the Help Me Helen Show.